0: good sunday northgate and friends it's time to get into god's word let's pray lord i pray that you'd bless your word today may it speak to our hearts pray that your holy spirit would be working pray this in your precious name amen well i know some of you have joined us in the reading program our desire at northgate to read through the new testament in the announcements the last couple of weeks in a reading schedule and so as we read each week or for those who do read we kind of want to take a little bit of our teaching from that as well as delve into other places in the new testament so this morning i'm going to try to combine something that we've read as well as continuing to look at a few more parables today and then next week we'll conclude with that So in Matthew 5, 5, the Sermon on the Mount, which we talked a little bit about last week in regards to Jesus' words to sin. But I want to go back there, but just for one verse, and it says this in Matthew 5, verse 5, Blessed are the humble. Now that's the New Living Translation, maybe yours says the meek, but the humble. For they shall inherit the earth. Then we flip over to Luke chapter 14, and we begin in verse 7, and it says this, Now he, that being Jesus, told the parable to those who were invited, when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit in the place of honor, lest one more distinguished than you be invited by him. And He who invited you both will come and say to you give your place to this person And then you will begin with shame to take the lower place But when you are invited go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host Come he may say to you friend move up higher Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled And he who humbles himself will be exalted so almost our theme from matthew 5 the beatitudes blessed are the humble they will be exalted into this parable uh, of humility or as we choose to take the lower seat that god will raise us up that parable is almost a little idea of strategic humility some might say even common sense but i'm sure there's many heart issues we can discuss with this. The context in Luke 14, which does help us, is Jesus told this parable because he was invited on the Sabbath to dine at the house of a Pharisee. And so he was uh, invited to this place and it was almost a little bit of a setup because they had brought someone who was ill on the Sabbath, had dropsy, and Jesus heals him. Then the Pharisees get upset. But when Jesus is there, Um, and obviously he infuriates them with what he does he notices something about them that they're all clamoring for the attention of each other and honor and who can get the most prominent seat thus that's why he speaks into that that that's not what we want to do humility all through god's word this topic and uh, it's interesting how do i be humble or i am humble Those are funny words, right? But Jesus, the Holy Spirit, has a lot to say about humility. In 1 Peter chapter 5, it encourages us to clothe ourselves with humility towards one another. And then it quotes from Proverbs chapter 3 verse 24 when it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. James says the same thing in chapter 4 verse 16 quoting again Proverbs three twenty-four. but the encouragement there is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God knowing that he will exalt us in his proper time so Peter says that James says that this idea that if we choose the lower seat that God will exalt us it's not just Jesus saying that in this parable it's all through God's word we know in the Proverbs Over and over it's mentioned, and God detests pride. And how do we fight against this? How do we choose humility? How do we be different? It's uh, easy to know, but maybe something else to practice. And as I began thinking of this, there's all sorts of definitions for humility. The idea is not putting yourself lower. It's not putting yourself higher. It's not thinking of yourself at all. We've all heard those things, but the more I thought about it, the reality came to me that if my identity in God is off, what happens then is I try to seek the praise of men through what I do to the positive, or if I go hide in the corner and say I'm being humble, we call that false humility. What I am is I'm seeking attention. I'm seeking people to speak into my life to make me feel better when i should be getting that identity from the truth of god's word and what he says about me and that really is true identity um and true humility it's the idea okay god loves me it doesn't matter what you think internally i know who i am and so i'm going to be confident in that um i don't again just a lot of my life i think because there's so many sermons we hear it's almost we live in this putting down putting down can't do this can't do that but it almost becomes i try to get my identity from going to hide in the corner or doing the thing uh, that no one sees and then feeling better about myself when someone sees that the other people don't see and then i feel better about myself for i gave and no one was looking but someone found out and it's just all about me trying to get the applause from external action from people when internally i should be secure knowing what jesus thinks of me and i think in my life this has been a journey and it continually um, is a challenge Uh, but i want to encourage you that as we choose the way of humility It is God's way. It is the right way to think of him and what he thinks of us, to give him glory, to humble ourselves under his hand, knowing what he thinks. And that changes everything about our lives. I think it's very hard to be around people. It's hard to be around me when the conversation has to focus about me, good or bad, and God has something uh, much more for us, and I think he's indicating that in this passage. But I want to just talk a couple things through through here, through this parable, and maybe relating it to Matthew five and Peter and the whole concept of humility. How do we know for humble? How do we get to that place? There's just a couple things I wrote down that I really believe that the fruit of humility. One of the greatest ways to see it is not necessarily in how we talk but what we do but one of the greatest fruits is do you love people do you love people are you treating people well can you be with the broken can you be with the sick or is it too much for you are you above that maybe you're a good actor and in public you can show you can really be okay with being with everyone but what is your heart towards people who have less than you what is your heart towards people who annoy you what is your heart towards people who are broken and you will see if you can sit with them you truly know who you are in christ if you think you're above that in your mind thinking that way and remember jesus is always after the heart and even the Sermon on the Mount, always the heart. What's coming from your heart? Hatred, lust. What's from your heart? Are you meek? Are you humble? What's in your heart, right? Are you hungering and thirsting after righteousness? All about the heart. But what is in your heart when it comes to people? And one of the challenges we have is when we say, I just don't love people or I can't hang out with people. And the Proverbs would say that selfishness or you know, you're only trying to serve yourself. But in that, you're showing your arrogance and your pride. And I know I've been convicted of that. It's easy to hang out with the people who will benefit me and who who I love. But I think Jesus would say something that humility is willing because who we are in Christ to be with anyone. And in this parable, the lower seat of the table would have been the people who would have been broken or even before in on the Sabbath. Uh, as they celebrate, this one with dropsy, that's the lower seat, that's the broken, it's not the privileged, it's it's not the rich, it's not the smart, it's those at the back of the line who society says no one really wants to be with them. They're the ones sitting at the end. And the question is, is there fruit in my life that I care for them as I care as much for others who maybe have more or help me or that I like, or who are like-minded. And I find this a great challenge in the church. And that's why James says there can't be any partiality in how we deal with things. And Jesus talking to the to the Pharisees, you always elevating yourselves. You're always thinking not of the broken. You don't want to hang out with the broken. And it's a hard time to love those people. But that's humility. That's being able to do those things. I remember in New Jersey I had a good friend and some we support Ken Meyer and uh, one of his ministries was he worked with the homeless people in 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 the town we lived the city we lived in and sometimes he would ask me can you go pick that person up for church or they're going to a baptism and I remember checking my attitude going and almost thinking Uh, you know, is this right? Am I okay? Because they were ill or sick or um, they were living in sin. But it was such a good experience for me to teach me, well, who am I? Who am I? I'm loved by God. I'm no better than anyone. And as you become secure in that, yes, I want to help those who need our help. And Ken was a great example to me in that. And Over and over in life, are we willing, even as a church, are we willing to invest in those who might not have as much or take more time or more effort? And we certainly uh, want to do that. And we see that. Be content in the lower spot. Like it's not thinking this is how I get to the top. I start at the bottom. No, I can be at the bottom because I'm content in Christ. It's not what I do that makes me anything and knowing that Jesus loves these people and that's what Jesus did. That's what I want to do and I'm secure in him and that makes me humble and willing to associate with anyone at any time. Note that taking the higher place isn't a good thing and we read in Proverbs and in James and First Peter that God really opposes the proud, Um, and I think there's probably times in all our lives when we can say that we, because we needed applause of men, we did things or said things that we really regret to elevate ourselves to feel better about ourselves, but it never produced fruit in our life. When we tried to become more and more and more, it doesn't produce fruit. This week I heard a sermon about a grapevine, someone in California who knew a lot of the wineries and how they grow. And he was mentioning that the the grape, the branch of that, not the fruit, but the branch itself, if you leave it alone, just wants to grow higher and higher and higher. But what happens when it grows higher and higher and higher, it doesn't produce fruit. You have a great big branch, but you have no fruit. Now think about that with pride, and we want more, uh, even in our own minds, or how we view ourselves, or what we're trying to accomplish to be more, to say, we're okay, we're enough, I'm enough, because someone said I was enough, I want to grow bigger and bigger, and that's the way pride or self-seeking acts, but what happens is, there's no fruit in that. And we know John 15, what the Lord has to do is, he's got to snip that, So then it can truly produce fruit in our lives. And the question we honestly have to ask ourselves, are we content in truly knowing who we are in the Lord? Or are we in our own mind or around people trying to grow and grow and grow? Oh, may the Lord, we give you God permission in our life to produce more fruit. And I know I've gone through seasons of that just desperately wanting to prove myself to yeah to think I was okay you know to think that God uh, would love me or was proud of me and God snipped some of those branches he uh, allowed failure he allowed difficulty he allowed challenges it's almost as the pride wanted to go up and up and up he opposed that and did a little snipping because he knows that's not good for us and though it hurt as i look back because of those difficult times it has produced much more fruit than my way ever would have and i think oh it's so important (laughs) yeah so important and i just think maybe to the last five years in my life and this journey that God has me on and the security, the safety, in humility and the grace that I now realize that it's not in any way about me, but it's all about him, produces incredibly more fruit than anything else could in my life. And there's days where I think I should be doing more. I, I should meet more people or, uh, why aren't we doing better at this? And some of those questions aren't bad to ask, but I just feel God saying, come to me. <laughs> you know. Come be with me. Come know who you are in me. Don't worry about how many people watch this. Don't worry about how many people are going to this. Don't worry about any of that, but be with me. Find your strength and your identity in me. And what happens is, then God will do the work is I simply desire him and live under his hand in humility, not seeking my own. And finally, it is his desire, right? If we exalt ourselves, he's going to snip us back so we can produce fruit in our life. But if we know in our living and understand and not thinking of ourselves, but thinking of what he's done in his word and eternally, and his love for us, what happens is we're exalted, but we don't have to be. (laughs) It's so funny because we're content in where we are, but the natural flow of God's economy in our life is actually to exalt us, to produce this fruit as we trust in him, as we abide in him, then we produce this incredible fruit in, in this journey, okay. You think more of yourself, you're trying to find your identity, a little failure, a little difficulty. God snips you back. As he snips you back, you understand it's all about him. You're secure, you're safe, you can be around people, you can just do what he asks. And then, because he's gracious and his heart is to exalt people, that truly is the heart of God. Because when he does that and our fruit is produced, he gets the glory. And that's incredible. That's why we let our good gifts shine in front of men, that our Father in heaven will receive glory. He wants us because we, in humility, have learned it's about him. So when we're exalted, we give him glory. And for the whole of Christendom, it's a blessing because we're examples of truly what it means to be what Christ was. And where are we today? Where are you we live in a time, I think, where sometimes we look for truth just for the sake that we can say truth, or we can know truth for the sake to say we know truth. And we need just to be secure in what God says about us, not trying to exalt ourselves, what we think are our opinion, but to live in the place of humility, trusting in his love, We can sit with people at that lower seat. We're teachable. We're not arrogant. We're not prone to offense or arguments. Um, We're not blaming people, but we're producing fruit because we're under his hand. He loves us. We're secure there. Then he elevates us to where we need to be. Yeah, that's why the meek, the humble, Matthew 5, inherit the world. That's why they're exalted here, because God works in us. And we know it's him, and we're elevated, produce fruit, and he gets the glory. So Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. Thank you for your love. You make us secure We believe your truth and not the lies of truly who we are. We can be confident. Lord, it says that you're going to give more grace, more favor. We praise you for what you've done and what you continually do in our lives. We pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. We'll see you later.